This summer, your local movie theater transforms into a tent revival for sharing Jesus. Join Believers Nationwide for the Million Souls Campaign, inviting unsaved loved ones to experience The Firing Squad, a new evangelistic movie starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. Witness the true story that made worldwide headlines, American prisoners discovering faith in Christ while awaiting execution for their crimes in a third world country, transforming their lives and the entire prison in the process. After the movie and before the credits roll, Kevin Sorbo will come on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ. Visit FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how to get free tickets and more for your unsaved loved ones and become part of this unique event. Bring friends, family, and your faith. Learn more at FiringSquadFilm.com. That's FiringSquadFilm.com. Hey, America. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck Program. Man, what a jam-packed, great show for you today. A recap of the convention. Um, we had uh, Representative Vernon Jones on from Georgia. He's a Democrat who spoke last night. Charlie Kirk also joined us. We also went to um, Elijah Schaefer, who was, was out in Wisconsin. He had a gun pulled and dry-fired in his face last night. He's in danger. There's a lot of people that really need uh, our prayers. Mike Lindell also. He was torn apart on Anderson Cooper. And it's it's a crazy story on what's going on. We had him in studio with this COVID COVID. Uh, but don't worry, we're all, you know, eating crystals. So we're all fine. I'm, I'm sure that's totally fine. Uh, and of course, the recap of last night's uh, of last night's uh, uh, convention, which I thought was incredible. Stu? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't say anything like that. Yeah, actually. The I, stuff I saw was really good. the whole time. I thought it was really good what I saw. Yeah. Uh, tonight, uh, convention night number two, we're covered on radio. Here's today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. America is at a crossroads, and that crossroads is the choice we have to make right now between returning to the founding message and the founding promise of you can do it. Let's just get government and people out of your way. You can do it. It's a it's a place of law and order and fair and honest justice. Not one of social justice and certainly not a cancel culture. And everyone is involved. Last night, I saw the Democrat, the Republicans do a couple of things I have not seen them do before. One, actually produce something that wasn't a piece of crap. <laughs> I mean, usually the Republicans produce things and they're just like, oh, come on, oh, just stop. <laughs> it's like yeah. the, the version of like the bad you know, uh, religious movie that gets released. Yes. And it looks like it's going to, that looks like a good story. And then you watch it and you're like, gosh, what uh, do they put $12 into this budget? Oh, so awful. Yeah. Last week, the Democrats did what I expected the Republicans to produce. Okay. And it was horrible. And I, and I'm like, just, can we learn from that? Let's not do that. Well, they didn't. In fact, it wasn't that they just didn't do that. They did something really, really good. And I think actually COVID helped. I think the fact that there were no crowds there allowed everyone except Gilfoy to t- 
talk to you one on one to actually just speak to you. We didn't have the annoying applause lines. We were like, come on, yeah. come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, it, it, gets through, it gets through it a lot faster. You get more content. You get more yeah. content and more personal. It, it allowed people to be really, really personal. So what happened last night was no bells and whistles. No, you know, no, no fakey balloon drop, you know, where where the Clintons or the Bidens were like, whoa, what happened? Balloons. Where did they come from? <laughs> I never oh. would have imagined balloons in the situation. Right. There was there was none of that. Uh, and it it was it was honest. It just felt real to me. Uh, I don't know how many people watched it. I almost didn't watch it because I'm like, oh, it's one of those going to be. Uh, and then I watched it and I couldn't believe how good it was. Now, the second thing I said, I haven't felt this way since 1980 with Ronald Reagan. Here's why. What happened in 1980 is we had gone through 10 years, 10 years, more than that, 12 years of just being beat to crap from 1968 to 1980 america was the worst we went from burn it down everybody's a racist to crap you can't trust the president all politicians are corrupt to jimmy carter and the economy and ronald reagan came in and said enough of that it's not who we are and america was so hungry to be told you're part of the solution the problem is the government. That's what happened last night. And we are 12 years in to being told how crappy we are. So we're repeating. This is like 1968 to, to 80. This is 08 to 20. And, and we're tired. The other thing that happened that I have not seen in my lifetime, because it probably happened maybe in the 60s, um, but in, by 68, uh, you know, with the with the um, great society garbage, the Democrats worked some sort of magic and hypnotized all of, of African-Americans and, uh, and basically said, if you're, you're you're not black, if you don't vote for Democrats and the Republicans in my lifetime have just given up, they're like, they're never going to change. They're never going We're never going to be able to get anything. Why waste the time? And you're like, because they're Americans. Last night, without any placating, without any promises of I'm going to make sure that you have a new big screen TV. <laughs> They actually invited African-Americans to the table and said, help us make America better. Come and claim your seat at this table. And I thought it was extraordinarily powerful, extraordinarily powerful. Let me give you a couple of pieces and, and highlights. First of all, well, let me just give you a couple of uh, highlights. First, let's go to uh, Kim Klasik. She was on with us last week, and I said, boy, the Republicans need to listen to her. Well, they did. And here's a piece of her speech. The days of blindly supporting the Democrats are coming to an end. In Baltimore, we have the highest number of black Republicans in the entire country running for office this election cycle. Joe Biden believes we can't think for ourselves, that the color of someone's skin dictates their political views. We're not buying the lies anymore. You and your party have neglected us for far too long. 
We want safety in our neighborhoods. We want to make the most of the federal opportunity zone I'm standing in right now in West Baltimore. We want higher paying jobs and more business opportunities. We want lower taxes. We want school choice. We want a chance to get ahead, not just get by. Mm. That's what President Trump promised, and that's what President Trump delivered. I want Baltimore to be an example to Republicans around the country that we can compete in our inner cities if we reach out to the citizens and deliver real results. There was a real concerted effort to speak to African-Americans um, as, as if they are actually capable of doing something on their own. Where you don't get that from the Democrats. You don't get it. They're, they're always like, oh, these poor people that have always been, you know, kept down, blah, blah, blah. The Republicans gave you dignity. I mean, it was a dignified approach to saying, hey, stop it. Stop. Come over here and just do what you're meant to do and help us build a better America. It, it was I thought it was so refreshing so refreshing then herschel walker and it wasn't just a speech or a package it was the theme of the whole night and it was for all colors but they had so many powerful african-american speaking uh, herschel walker here's the next cut cut two i take it as a personal insult that people would think i've had a 37 year friendship with the races people who think that don't know what they're talking about growing up in the deep south I've seen racism up close. I know what it is, and it isn't Donald Trump. Just because someone loves and respects the flag, our national anthem, and our country, doesn't mean they don't care about social justice. I care about all those things. So does Donald Trump. He shows how much he cares about social justice in the black community through his actions. And his actions speak louder than stickers or slogans on a jersey. Now, that was another theme that I thought was subtle, but very, very good. You'll notice that last week with Joe Biden, it was all about, oh, I know Joe. I've known him for 40 years. I've watched him over the years, and I know him. He's a good guy. That was the message last week. This week, the message was, I've met him. I don't know him. I mean, we're not pals. I haven't watched him over the 40 years. In fact, this is only the second time I've been with him or I was only with him once. But I feel like I know him because look at what he did. That was the difference. Joe Biden was, yeah, yeah, he's got a long record of saying he can do things and, and there hasn't been a lot of stuff done. Um, but, but I know him, trust him. This one last night was, I don't know him, but I know what he's done. That was much more powerful. It was a secondary theme. I don't know if anybody picked up on it, but it it was that theme. Look, I don't know him, but because of this, this happened and I saw him in action. Let me give you one more. This is uh, Tim Scott, who just hit it out of the park last night on the evolution of the Southern heart. After starting my small business and spending some time in local government, I decided to run for Congress in 2010. The district is based in Charleston, South Carolina, where the Civil War started against a son of our legendary Senator, Strom Thurmond. 
You may be asking yourself, how does a poor black kid from a single parent household run and win in a race crowded with Republicans against the Thurman? Because of the evolution of the Southern heart. In an overwhelmingly white district, the voters judged me not on the color of my skin, but on the content of my character. Thank you. That is America. That's America. This is what we heard last night. The real America. It was so nice to hear people say, we're not a racist nation. We're not the people of the 1960s. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Mike is a friend of mine, and that goes beyond business. I'm not having him on because he's a sponsor. He has not asked me to be on, um, and I don't ever put people on be, that say, I'm a sponsor. I got to be on. That's a fast <laughs> ticket to not getting on. Um, but uh, Mike is here because I've I saw something last week with you, Mike, that I've never seen ever before. I've never seen anyone treated like you were treated by a friend of mine, Anderson Cooper, who I just question everything I know about him uh, because of the way he treated you. I'm going to we boiled this down to one minute, but we can we can edit it in. It's a 20 minute segment. We edited it into one because one minute was just like the other 19. Listen, I am just telling so you, this me, is the answer. Wouldn't you want to save lives? Sir, this is what my heart is. I gave it to my friends and family. Wow. You this really are like lives. a snake oil salesman. It I mean, this is, you, you could be in the old West standing on a box telling people to drink your amazing no, I elixir. I give the glory to God. No I, do what God I, I do what Jesus has me do. I give the glory to God. And I want to help people. Jesus That's wants my you out passion. There I'm not driven. I'm not money driven. remedies that are not remedies because they've never been tested. I am not money driven. And why would I do this? Ask yourself, why would ruin my reputation? If I didn't, if you I didn't believe in this reputation. product, you don't have a great oh, really? reputation. Well, I mean, you know, you, that's, you, I mean, you if you say that, I'm, you know, I'm going to pray for you, Anderson. The Better Business Bureau. I, you're, you're in my prayers, Anderson, because they destroyed me when I went all in for this great president. That's what it was. I was so on the, the Better, Better Business, Business Bureau. Bureau of I Minnesota was up for their is going after you because you. Uh, the answer to that is yes, because Mike actually told me that story a few months ago um, off the air. I know the story of the Better Business Bureau in Minnesota, and yes, it is because of Donald Trump um, treated wildly unfairly. Um, Mike, welcome to the program. Thanks. Glenn, for I apologize for a guy I thought I knew before Donald Trump was elected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I was. I was surprised, but uh, I guess I was surprised. I was supposed to be a five-minute interview. It was 23 minutes. I'm 23 minutes of attacks, and I'm going, wow, I must really be on the right page here. You're the right course. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it was, it was um, uh, an absolute bloodbath, and mm-hmm. I just – I was – when I saw it the next morning, I was like, oh, I wish Mike would have known this piece of information. Mm-hmm. Um, Stu, you looked this up till we have it all right, uh, I believe. Um the Chris Cuomo doctor, the remedy that the Chris, Cu- you know, Chris Cuomo yep. guy on right or before or after. I don't know because I don't right. watch CNN, but the guy that precedes or follows Anderson Cooper, 
what had uh, COVID, his doctor and his wife's doctor were uh, were on television and on the Internet talking about astro bodies and how um, crystals and weird oils and everything else wow. really are are the the key to changing everything. Wow. They never questioned. Do you remember that, Stu? Yeah, she she runs a little like lifestyle website and like publication and in there it's that's all they talked about. Uh, yeah. And 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 she she blogged every day when they had COVID and Chris was being treated by this doctor. Uh, who had all sorts of claims Remedies, that, right, yeah right. and whatever you know you do what you want to do but right. it's still like for them for cnn of all places to come after you is it's just remarkable for that remarkable. Yeah. for that yeah, yeah. because you said that you had uh found something right. that and are you selling it uh, no no i'm not here's the thing yeah it's not for sale it's not for sale. This guy called me. Uh, a little back background here. I went to, you know, when I spoke at the Rose Garden. Mm-hmm. Well, at that point, from that point on, everyone in the country would reach out to me for um, 24-hour sanitizers and all these cures and everything. Well, <clears throat> this guy called me on uh, on Easter Sunday, and it just sounded different. He said, "I have we have all the phase one and phase two testings done. It's uh, It just came out of uh, University of Texas Medical Branch uh, on the, in the lab. It was all tested, and it, and it works. And, and, uh, and I said, really? Well, then I called uh, uh, my friend Secretary Carson, and mm-hmm. uh, he's on the task force. Mm-hmm. I called him immediately, like I do turn other things in. And he looked into it with them, and he says, wow. You know, he was just, this is the real deal. It was safe. They said, it was because of fast, all the safety things, I started taking it myself as a prophylactic. Mm-hmm. And, and then any of my friends and family that got that got COVID, give it to them, and two days they're fine. Yeah. So I had my own due diligence, plus all these testing. I I read the stuff they had tested on over a thousand people. Uh, they was for nineteen years have been around for. Um, they had done it for cancer treatments, so that's where they got their safety tests from. Okay. Well, anyway, these guys, this company turned it into the FDA and everything in April. In April, just to get on the dietary supplement list, because mm-hmm. you know there's no reason not to put on because it's past everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I see it work more and more, and I see these other tests they're doing mm-hmm. on people, and I'm seeing it from my own eyes. I'm going, this has to get out there. This is going to save our country. It's going to save lives. I'm saving personal lives, and people that knew me are calling me up. Hey, I got the COVID, and and uh, they would be, you know, a couple days they're fine, and then they're tested negative, they're back at work. I mean, it was it was just amazing. It's like hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, well, it's where they, where they, they suppressed they, it. Where yeah. they where it's almost as if people don't want things to work. Right. It's almost like the right. left is trying to destroy. Look, I don't care if if Chris Cuomo was sucking on a crystal every night and he thinks it thinks it works go ahead talk about right. it i'm not going to suck on a crystal right. but why why do i have to uh, make him into the worst person in the world yeah yeah well that, um, you know that's what they we know what he especially did. when it's actually medicine it's not crystals there's actually yeah, medical. there's actually medicine yeah this yeah. is a medicine and it's either you know so the fda then for the last four months They've been dragging their feet on this for both either the dietrius or an IND. Just let's try it. It's safe, so why won't we try it? Well, this company then, you know, I've been obviously following along. I wanted to, you know, to get out to the public to save lives. Well, then the company said this about two weeks ago, or about it was the same week I went on Anderson Cooper. They said, would you be on our board? And because when this thing was getting ready, we thought the FDA is getting ready to put it out there. Mm-hmm. So we needed to scale it. They don't know how, you know, this, is a, scale, yeah. this is a massive thing, and I'm mm-hmm. pretty good. 
good at that. I've scaled yeah. a lot of things. And and so I went all in. I said, yeah, I said, yeah, I'll come on your board. And I said, I'll look at your manufacturing, which is right here in the USA. Mm-hmm. And it would be a, probably, you know, a very inexpensive cure for our yeah. save our country. And I would never believe in something if I didn't see it work with my own eyes and stuff. So I did that. And then for Anderson Cooper going, you know, you did this for money. I've. I, everything I do, I don't. I'm not doing it for money. I, I do know. it to help people, and then the money will take care of itself. If if not, it that's fine too. You know, like my mask. He got me. He tried to get. He didn't say on the mask. I have four million dollars of my own money into that. Did I, you know? Giveaway of the bottom yeah. line dollars, just giving away, and and uh, all the stuff that uh, that we've so, done. Mike, <clears throat> I, I do have to ask you this: What the hell were you thinking? It's CNN. What were you thinking? Here's here's what I thought. You know, every time I'm controversial, the the CNN, they never have me on. The View never has me on. They say they're going to, and then they don't. And I wanted to go right into the lion's den, right into the, you know, right into the hurricane. And so they, cause the word gets out there more. Mm. Now, when I went in, when I went on there, I expected, okay, I expected some, you know, him to attack, but, but it actually kind of worked out the way I wanted because of everybody knows about this now, even though it's negative. But now all the good media is coming out about it. And you know what? There should be some pressure on the FDA because I'll tell you what, if they're suppressing, just just say, I'm telling you 100% true, which I would put everything I have in this world on it. That's all. That's all. I'm all in on it. Well, let's just say that it is the answer. Okay. Now, if it's the answer in the FDA in this time of this pandemic and they're suppressing it or holding it back and how deep this thing goes, you know, why would CNN, you know, would not want this out there? Why would Anderson Cooper, if he has family members, not want it? You know, so you wonder how deep it goes and you wonder what they do to our medicine in this country. Um if there's not a pandemic, yeah. you know, cures that so, are in Israel and Mexico and every place else that never get to fruition. So I understand that. But if I didn't know you, for instance, I know the story of what happened in Minnesota with the right. Better Business Bureau. Right. If I didn't know you, if I only knew you from the guy in the commercials with the pillow, right. um, I'd, I'd think you might be a snake oil person. I right. might watch that and go, right. well, Anderson, I mean, he's got a, he knows and... Wow, the Better Business Bureau, I didn't know that. And, well, that's ridiculous that the BBB would do that because of right. politics. And I think they, I think they, uh, what is it, liable or slander? I mean, both. I, both. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think, Deflammation of character. Yeah, you de- know? I mean, he went over the top and he did hurt, he did hurt us in that, in that uh, you know, you're bringing up stuff from the past that uh, he didn't even give me a chance to, you know, address, but... I think I'm, you know, one of the things is it's kind of uh, I'm so branded with the president in that yeah. respect. So people are going, oh, a lot of them probably said, oh, they're just attacking him again because he backs this great president, you know. But like you say, there is a whole segment because I watched my Twitter and I watched the Facebook and the social media. Mm-hmm. This made worldwide news. I know it went all the way across the world. And so, yeah, there was a there was a lot of defamation there and uh a lot of libel. I mean, he's attacked. Call me a snake oil salesman. Then he tried to, you know, backtrack. Uh, well, I don't even know you. You know, you don't know your guest. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know? Because I think the people in his ear telling him stuff in his ear. I, I think he was fed stuff, and I think he he knew he went too far because he was getting angry. And I don't know why he was getting angry. When, you know, it was because I kept you know not standing my ground. I don't know. But it's like he's trying to destroy me, and I've never backed down in my life. I'm not going to back down now. So it's kind of you're kind of doing some frivolous things here, Mr. Cooper, because I'm not going to back down. And the fact um, 
Mike, I don't think people know you. I mean, we did a podcast together mm-hmm. and I urge you to watch the podcast with Mike. It's a, a you know, there's one thing to because I mean, no offense, Mike, but I mean, you were a guy on a TV commercial and right. you were a guy that kind of looked to me like, you know, <laughs> the, you know, the, the mattress Mac guy who's a really good guy in Houston, right, right, right. but he's you don't see any of that. Right. You just see the salesman. Right. Getting to know you, you you have uh, depth unlike what I've seen in most people that right. are in television, uh, you know, or doing business or, or anything else. But you are actually driven by God. Right. You are driven. Whether you want to make fun of that or you believe right. that or not, right. I know Mike believes that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he didn't mention that I was an ex-crack cocaine addict. You know, he didn't mention that. You know, people like to hear, they like to see hope, especially where we're at now. The American dream. Mine's like the American dream on steroids. I mean, it's, you know, I come from the depths. I come from a, um, all these different addictions and set free by God. And you see with God, you know, when that in the Bible with God, all things are possible. Well, here I am. And, and it's also being in the United States of America, the freedoms we have mm. that we're in, you know, that we could lose. This wouldn't be possible at hardly any other place in the world, my story. I'll guarantee it. You know, you would not. My friends are seeing me sitting in the White House with the president. They're going, Jesus is real. There's no way this crack addict is sitting yeah, next to the no president. Way. That's a miracle. No. These, all these miracles that have happened in my life. And I think that maybe that's what, it, what Mr. Cooper was afraid of is that, you know, he's seeing, you know, I, I feel that, you know, I pray every time I go on anything and pray for, you know, that God guides my words and guides my path. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. But I was keeping one eye on the uh, convention and the other eye on Kenosha and the riots that were going on uh, there. Main reason is because a coworker of mine, Elijah Schaefer, uh, is uh, what was smack dab in the middle of it. And uh, I find out later that a gun was pulled on him. Uh, I guess the guy was not threatening you, but it sounds on the videotape that you have that he actually pulls the trigger. So it was an it appears to have been an empty gun if that was the trigger pull. Uh, and he was explaining what he was going to do to cops if they rolled on him uh, at that point. Elijah is uh, with us now. Elijah, you're in Wisconsin. You're safe. Yes, Glenn, I am safe. And thank you so much for having me on the show. But unfortunately, uh, this city already under the um, heavy pressure of COVID and race tensions is definitely in a very bad position right now. Tell me what happened last night. What did you see? Uh, what I saw is something that I don't think you would ever want to see, especially in this, this country, um, something that looks like it's from a movie. These are wild people uh, under the guise of fighting for black lives and against police brutality, indiscriminately destroying public property. Uh, and what I mean is I've never seen this before. They destroyed every single lamp post. These are large, you know, 15, 25 foot high public lampposts. They knocked them down um, in, in the street, broke open every window they could find, lit buildings on fire in, in, in huge acts of arson, destroyed dozens of um, city vehicles with Molotov cocktails. 
and they just just they burned the city to the ground so uh, where were where was anyone to stop it was there a police presence at all i mean this this was this is a city under curfew they blocked the freeway exits to make sure that people were not exiting into downtown doing everything they could uh you know as a curfew but were, was there any police prey? Was there anything to slow these people down? Glenn, I know your viewers probably already can predict what I'm about to say, but despite the National Guard being there, uh, they were deployed despite what appeared to be some sort of state or county troopers and police. They were not there to protect the private property. They were not there to protect the citizens of the town they were in a line protecting the county courthouse. And believe it or not, the only people that were there deterring crowds during the state of emergency and the curfew were what appeared to be vigilante or, and or right-wing militiamen who were armed in brigs and were successfully deterring rioters from burning down and destroying additional businesses while law enforcement pretty much did nothing. While that's not a slight, that's just a report of the facts. Well, the, the law enforcement on the street is not making the decision on what to do. Uh, those are the people above them. That's the governor and the mayor. So this is, I mean, Madison, Wisconsin is one of the most progressive uh, cities in the country. Wisconsin is a progressive uh, state. What, uh, what are the city leaders saying today? What's their plan well, I'll tell you this. Um, I'm I'm on the streets. I'm with you know some of my friends, George Ventura, of the Daily Caller, and Kaylin Delmeda, Scriber News, and we're out here. Um, where's ABC? Where's CNN? Where's MSNBC? But most importantly, where are the leaders? Um, I haven't seen them, and I'm looking at business owners, people that are just confused because they're experiencing something that you shouldn't have to experience in the most powerful country in the world. We have the power to stop this. And there's not much that the city leaders can say besides condemning the violence, but when you condemn something, but yet turn a blind eye to it and allow it to take place, your words really don't mean anything. But are they actually condemning it? Are they saying Antifa and uh, these riots, are they saying these are peaceful protests, you know, the usual crap from Seattle and Portland is are the leaders in Wisconsin any different than those leaders? You know, as of today, uh, I'm not sure of any public statements that have been made. I could be wrong if one of your your listeners uh, will you know correct me. I'd love you to to reach out to me, Elijah Schaefer, on Twitter and, and let me know if you know something I don't. Um, but I know that some of the live streams that happened yesterday, they were not adequate to condemn this to the full extent. And what happens is, and, and I think you'll know this. I'm predicting it's possible that the violence and the arson could be worse tonight because it accelerated last night from the night before um, because the city, this is Glenn, this is, this is where it gets crazy. I showed up after the first day, you know, I drove up here from Chicago covering protests and riots in Chicago about an hour and a half South. And when I came here, they had not even cleaned up the city from the night before there were still burned city vehicles that were in the streets they were barely putting up some barriers. There was maybe two police officers that I saw within a few square blocks of the uptown region. I mean, this city was not prepared for what happened. They did not properly prepare the, the following day. 
And from what I could see, they did not provide the, the resources to this area that were needed to prevent this. And you have to ask yourself, being from a state, being from a country like this, how do we not have the resources? How do we not have the ability, the National Guard? No, we do have those resources, especially in a national crisis like this. But why were they not deployed? It can only make you think and wonder. Well, I will tell you this. I've been saying that Wisconsin was going to be burned down to the ground this summer because that's where the convention was supposed to be. They should have been more prepared on what to do in case of riots and civil unrest than any other city in America. Um, it looks like you don't need the Democrats to come to town. They got their operatives there uh, burning things down anyway. Um, Elijah, um, uh, I'd be interested in hearing from the uh, owner of the car dealership that had the sign Black Lives Matter up on the on the you know the car dealership sign and yet they burned every car in the lot yeah you know i'm actually sitting in front of it right now uh they this is to your surprise so the first night they only burned part of the car lot last night they um successfully destroyed the rest of it to the array of massive explosions of fuel tanks combusting due to high temperatures and absolutely intolerable, uh, or intolerable, I should intolerable. say, heat that just yeah yeah intolerable heat um, that you just could not handle from even even twenty thirty yards away. I mean this these are these are intense flames. I'm looking at that sign right now. I, I'm not sure if it belongs to to the church right next to it or to the car lot, but I will mm. say this: it is it, it is melted. Um, these cars. Uh, look like they're out of a uh, Steven Spielberg film set. That's what I feel like I'm looking at. I'm on a tour at Universal Studios, but unfortunately this one doesn't have a, a, a nice end to it. It just continues with violence, and it has to make you wonder, and you're, you'll love this. The Democratic, the Democratic building right next to this is, is just about a block away, boarded up along with every other business and it has its nice banners above, says vote blue in November. I'll tell you what, this is what you get when you vote blue. It's ironic to tell people, while your entire city is shut down, it doesn't matter what you put on your doors or your windows or your signs, criminals do not follow party law. And a party that allows criminals to remain and to act unlawfully without proper consequence is not really a party at all. In fact, they've poised themselves against the American people and they aren't even ashamed or hiding it anymore. And it's just sad. Talking to Elijah Schaefer of Blaze TV. Uh, it must follow on Twitter at Elijah Schaefer. Uh, Elijah, you, you bring up something with this car dealership. And I, I, this is what I keep coming back to over and over again with every story you're covering like this. Day one, I understand. Like Night one, you have this incident. There, It's a surprise out of nowhere. They burn half the car lot to the ground. Night two, I don't understand. Why on earth is the other half of this car lot being destroyed on night two as if they were shocked that this was going to go on? Why and, isn't anyone there to stop and it? And isn't there any uprising from the community saying, this is crazy. Stop this. I wish, but I'll tell you this. This is not the only car lot that ended up being destroyed. Um, there was at least three other car lots 
that were the targeting of, of these uh, vigilantes, um, both Black Lives Matter rioters, which wore, which wore the, the colors, et cetera, um, and the, the markings. But also uh, there were Black Bloc Antifa. I noticed some journalists and people from Portland. These people get around. They, they move in directions, um, the same direction, which is towards chaos. And I, I cannot tell you how sad it is to realize that we do live in a country where the government cannot protect your property and cannot protect your livelihood. And the only businesses that I saw that did not get attacked were the ones that took their own precautions, put up boards. And in many cases, and this is where I, this is where I love, uh, love this uh, Middle Eastern gas station owner. Oh, believe me, he was out in front with his boys holding bats, some very serious firearms. And I'll tell you what, nobody damaged that business because he was he he came prepared and he knew what it was going to take to live out the american dream his business still stands while the car lot next to it is completely burned to the ground okay um i've got so much to maybe we'll have you on tomorrow if we can um to cover uh what happens tonight you say it's going to be worse um uh, let me just let me just wrap up with with this the video let's play the video of the guy pulling uh, the gun out of his pants and pointing it right at Elijah and pulling the trigger. What do we do? That's right. We blowing at the That's right, man. And what he was talking about is what he was going to do to the police. But when somebody pulls a gun out, a large gun, uh, and pulls the trigger, what did that feel like? Well, uh, amidst multiple gunshots in the area, constant explosions, I didn't realize he dry fired until I got a call from the CEO of, of Blaze TV saying that he, you just got dry fired. Yeah, off. you did. Be, be, be safe, you know, get out if you need to get out. And I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I, I realized that this is why it's so volatile. I mean, if that was, had been loaded or if it had not jammed or whatever happened, I might not be here today. And I think that governors, mayors, uh, city officials, senators need to realize that we are in a culture of civil war and we are very close to this becoming violent, not because of the people they're accusing, but simply because when people are emboldened and, you know, mm-hmm. to commit crimes because they're not held mm-hmm. accountable, all it took was just one bullet in that gun to change this from a normal night to a bloody night. So that's where I'll leave it. Uh, thank you, Elijah. I appreciate it. Elijah Schaefer, Blaze TV host, slightly offensive. The